Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 45 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and I'm so happy that you're here. I am a family physician and obesity medicine physician, and I am a certified weight loss coach for physicians struggling with their own weight. Weight loss coaching can take you from feeling out of control and uncertain how to manage your weight to having the confidence and the knowledge to manage it in the long term in the most efficient way possible for you. So for super busy physicians, it's a fantastic use of time because we just drill right down to what's truly underlying the weight issues and the eating behaviors and we figure out how to correct the underlying things, which then make the eating behaviors and the weight simple to change. When you're only focused on just changing what you're eating and just changing what you're exercising, you're missing a lot of the drivers beneath it. And in the coaching, we really work on finding out what your personal drivers are. And that's, I really believe, is the magic sauce to finding a lasting solution for weight for you in your particular life. If that sounds like something that would be helpful for you, uh, go over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab and schedule an introductory session. In that, we just get a chance to chat over video conference and figure out how I would best be able to help you and your particular weight issues. It's free and there's no obligation. All right, today I think is a really important episode because I'm dealing with probably the number one biggest struggle that both my coaching clients and my uh, obesity medicine patients come to me about. And that is how to stop overeating in the evenings. I'm going to show you how in this episode, but first the disclaimer. And now a quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. Okay, we're back. So evening eating. How many of you, raise your hand if this affects you, find that you go through the day. So the classic would be wake up in the morning and you think, okay, today's going to be different. I'm going to get back on track and I'm going to stay on track all day and I'm recommitting to my goals. And then, you know, breakfast goes well, lunch goes pretty well. Sometime in the afternoon, things start to get a little bit shaky and maybe you're more tempted by food. You get home from your busy day, you feel emotionally exhausted and you just want the day to end. Maybe you get the kids into bed, which let's face it, exhausts you even more. And then you finally have a moment to yourself and you flop down on the couch and you just want to eat. And resisting that eating and trying to stay on track at that time feels so difficult and it feels so hard to understand why you would because in the moment that just feels like just the right answer to what your entire day has been like and how exhausted you're feeling. And then you end up going to bed feeling disappointed, 
you know, upset, a little bit feeling out of control about what you did end up eating in the evening. And you don't actually feel that much better, even though that was the original intent that your brain said you would with eating. And you wake up the next morning thinking, okay, today's going to be different. And then the, the cycle starts all over again. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And I would wager almost all of us have been there. So if I just described you, know that you're not alone. That's a classic uh, thing that we all struggle with. And I'm going to talk to you in this episode about why we struggle with that and why that happens to us in the evening and it's not happening so much in the morning. I think there's really simple explanations for that. And I always believe the more you understand kind of the science and the underlying reasons behind stuff, then when your brain gives you those cravings and offers food as an answer to things that are going on, you're better informed. You can make a more informed decision. So you don't have to just go, okay, yeah, I guess I don't have any choice. You can be like, okay, I see that you're offering me as the this as the answer, but I know from experience that you're offering me this, but it's not that I'm hungry or I need food to fix this. It's something else that's going on. And I really find that level of knowledge makes it so much easier to make behavioral change to then say, actually, I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to experience this craving, let it be here and not eat from it and know that it's going to pass versus when you really think you have no other option but to eat. Uh, And I've been there like through my years of struggling with my own weight, evening eating was a fairly big issue. At the time, I don't think I actually realized how big of an issue it was. But when I reflect back uh, for years, one of my things, this was kind of started after the kids were born, I think, after my twins were born. And to be honest, my evenings, I was completely and utterly exhausted in them. Uh, But uh, popcorn, but it wasn't just popcorn. I got into making the most elaborate types of popcorn with like Parmesan cheese and all sorts of stuff. Like it was like it was above and beyond just popcorn uh, and I would have like pop a bowl of that, sit down and watch some TV and eat the bowl and then go to bed. And that was probably my biggest evening eating struggle. But I've had lots of others because like I've talked about my weight issues I struggled with for on and off for years working on figuring out a lasting solution for me. And so there were times where I was probably fairly good and not overeating at night. And then there were times where I definitely wasn't and I would just be snacking and Uh, opening up cupboards and drawers all night long to just find something else. And the difference is now I rarely eat at night. Uh, When I do, I'm able to tell what is actually driving it because usually nighttime eating isn't about the food. It's not just that you really want to have some cookies. It's there's something else going on that is driving the craving and your brain thinks the cookies are the answer. So now often if I have a strong urge to eat at night or catch myself, you know, having one snack, but then wanting another, I try to relabel it in my mind about what it actually is. It's not about food. Maybe it's one of these other reasons that we're going to talk about in this episode. Okay, so let's talk about why it's the evenings. Like what is different about the evenings than the morning that set people up for overeating? Um, Because that's really interesting. It's almost universally. So like some people do struggle with overeating throughout the rest of the day as well. But 
pretty much even if people struggle with overeating through the day, evenings are often a little bit worse. Um, And I think one of the biggest sort of scientific reasons for that is decision fatigue. So throughout the day, we have a limited amount of decision-making capacity. And we, especially those days where, like I described, where we start off thinking, okay, today's going to be different. I'm going to be on track. I'm going to be careful. And we're so careful throughout the early part of the day. We're using up some of that decision-making skills. So then by the time we get home, we have a depleted ability to make decisions in line with our goals. So we're more prone to impulsive decisions. And I think that's a big reason why evenings are worse. The other part is if you go through your day, you wake up fresh and then you start your day and it's busy and stresses kind of build through the day. By the time you get home, if you haven't intentionally done things to manage that stress through the day, you're just mentally and emotionally fatigued and stressed out and prone to things like uh, emotional eating and uh, having cravings to manage those emotions. I think another reason is for a lot of us, evenings might be the only time that you actually get to sit down alone. And there's kind of that thought pattern of it's my time, I need a treat, I need a break. Um, And for a lot of us, those thoughts are followed by, so I need to eat, because that's the easiest answer our brain comes up with for giving us a break, giving us a treat, um, giving us some time off. It's so easy to come up with food that might make you feel good. But the problem is, is, as we've discussed in lots of episodes, and you've probably experienced, is it makes you feel good, That is you get a bit of a dopamine rush, but it's short lived, it doesn't last, it lasts, you know, minutes, maybe maybe a little bit longer than minutes, but definitely most people don't get hours of pleasure from eating one thing. So the evenings kind of become this perfect storm. And then two, the other piece would just be our environments, right? So if there's stuff in the house and and evening's the only time you have to sit down, then it's probably the only time that your brain has to go, oh, hey, remember, there's a bag of cookies in the cupboard or remember the kids candy upstairs or whatever your particular uh, food that you tend to snack on at night is. Okay, so I'm going to give you my top four tips to help get control of nighttime eating. And if nighttime eating is a struggle for you, then I would suggest you methodically go through these tips. Might not want to change everything at once because sometimes that feels overwhelming. But if you go, okay, this is what I'm going to do first. And I really highly suggest you sit down and you actually write this out. Uh, So if you're driving right now or something, make a note in your phone, ask Suri to make a note for you to remind you to sit down and write this down. But choose what you're going to start with, make a plan to start that for a certain length of time, then choose what you're going to do next. And recognize that when you're making changes for something like this, which is likely a very um, deeply embedded type habit, you know, it might take a little bit before you see true success. Again, our black and white thinking can get in our way here where we think, okay, I'm going to stop eating at night and expect that it's just gone and we never want to eat at night again. But the reality of life is it doesn't usually happen that way. But if you just keep methodically working at it and keep trying one thing and then add another step, add another step, eventually you will figure it out. There is a solution out there for you to figure out how to stop eating at night. 
And this is a common thing that I coach around with my coaching clients. So if you find you're struggling on your own, you can always reach out to me for extra help and to talk about uh, the benefits that coaching can give you. Uh, That would be clicking on the work with me tab on my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Okay, now to the tips. Tip number one is a hormonal issue. So in that description that I gave you where we're really careful morning, lunch, and then start to fall apart later afternoon and in the evening, often what we're kind of doing is under eating a little bit earlier in the day because we have all that decision-making power. So we're being a little extra restrictive. And then what happens is our hunger hormones start to build throughout the day. So by the time you get home and you're already you know, tired and maybe stressed and things like that, you also probably have elevated levels of some of your hunger hormones like ghrelin. And that ends up where you just, you seem like you can't get satisfied and you're just hungry and you just keep eating. So one of the first steps that I get people who I work with who are really struggling with nighttime eating to do is eat breakfast and lunch and focus on eating a good sized breakfast and lunch. So when we're trying to get evening eating under control, we're not really too worried about portion controlling at breakfast and lunch because the reality is if we can get the evening eating out of, con- or in control, sorry, then how much you're eating at breakfast and lunch probably isn't playing that big of a role. Often if we are doing evening eating, the amount that we consume during that evening adds up to far more than what you might eat if you just add a bit more at your breakfast and lunch. So it balances out that even though you're eating more earlier in the day, if you stop the evening eating with it, you're overall eating less and can lose weight. And so as you know, I generally suggest a lower carbohydrate approach. And in this setting, I really encourage it because if you are eating a lot of starches, flour, sugar, that sort of stuff, it drives more hunger. And so if we're trying to eat in an intentional way to reduce the hunger hormones, so we're only dealing with the behavioral issues with the evening eating, then you want to minimize how much starches and sugars you're eating earlier in your day. So you want to focus on uh, protein sources, healthy fats, vegetables, things like that, that give you good steady energy throughout the day. Your body recognizes you had a good amount to eat. It doesn't need to crank up your hunger hormones. So for some people, that's things like eggs and bacon. I used to always eat my leftovers from the night before for breakfast, uh, which I know some people find that really weird. But if you let go of the idea of breakfast looking like breakfast, it's a really simple way to have breakfast ready for yourself without additional food prep. And it's generally filling if you eat some vegetables and some protein from the night before. Lunch, like if you're eating a salad, which so many of us want to when we're trying to lose weight, totally fine. I think salads are great, but you just want to make sure that there's actually enough on there to keep you satisfied. It should be a salad that you eat and you're like, that was delicious. I'm full. I'm satisfied. So that might mean you need to eat a little bit more protein. Maybe you need to add something like some nuts, some avocado, some cheese, something with extra fat in it to really shore it up, put some dressing on it with some olive oil, that sort of stuff. So tip number one is eat more earlier in the day to stabilize your hunger hormones. Tip number two is environmental control. So like I said in my introduction is some of the issue is evenings might be the first time that you're actually at home without like active things that you have to get done. And so if the food is in the house, 
it can be hard to resist or your brain can just keep bringing it up as a good choice. So, and, you know, working through this work and doing the thought work that we work on ultimately will get you to a place where you can have the cookies in the house and be fine and just not want to eat them. Totally fine. But at the very beginning, if you're feeling really out of control with your eating, then expecting yourself to be able to withstand easy temptations when you're a bit vulnerable with stress and tired and decision fatigue, I think might be asking a little bit much of yourself. The easier thing is just get the food out of the house, don't bring it into the house, particularly certain trigger foods. So if you have foods that you know if they're there, you'll just want to eat them, get them out of the house and ask people you live with to not bring it in. So take control of your environment so your environmental space is safe even if you might be a little bit vulnerable certain days. So you may, if the trigger foods are out of the house, maybe you still are going to eat in the evening, but it might be a little less damaging, meaning, you know, if there's no cookies and chips and stuff in the house, maybe you're going to still overeat, but it might be foods that have a bit more nutritional value or a bit more satiating and you don't end up eating quite so much. And then the other tips we're working on will help work on bringing down the actual eating. But making your environment safe, I think, is an important uh, step first. Okay, tip number three, and I believe this one to be really important, but we always want to ignore it or deny it or come up with a reason why we can't address it, is sometimes nighttime eating is because you are tired and you need to go to bed. We are chronically sleep deprived, especially if you're doing any form of call. Um, And, you know, if you have kids that still sometimes wake you up, you're chronically sleep deprived. So sometimes if you feel out of control with your eating at night, it's not actually food that's going to fix anything. It's bed that will help fix it. So sometimes you just need to close the cupboard door and go up to bed. And personally, I know I recognize this, you know, probably about two years ago, I started to realize this pattern. But for me, when this is the issue, it's like this empty feeling in that I can eat and there's no sense of satisfaction. There's nothing like that desire to eat doesn't get eased at all. It's just still there and I just want more. And I've recognized that for myself, that means I'm just tired and no amount that I eat will ever actually give me the satisfaction. And I think what I used to do is just keep eating till like my stomach was full, but I still wouldn't be satisfied. I would still want more if, if I let myself or if I could. But what I needed to do was just go to bed. And part of my weight loss journey has been realizing the impact of sleep on my eating behavior and my mood. And really, once I realized that, once I realized that, you know, some of those really crappy days where my mood's low, I'm irritable, I'm not that happy, or I'm anxious, is actually just because I need to go to bed a half hour earlier. It's far easier for me to go to bed a half hour earlier and be strict with my bedtime than to spend entire days feeling crappy. Even though there's always other stuff that I could be doing, right? Like there's always something else on my to-do list. Sometimes going to bed early just needs to be the priority and you, and I need to do it and accept that I'm just not getting everything done. But, and I hear that from a lot of you, right? Like going to bed is hard because there's still stuff to do. You need to do stuff. You need to get the laundry folded. You need to blah, 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 blah. And I say blah, 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 because we know 
there is always something else you could be doing, right? Like even if all the laundry is folded, even if the kids' lunches are packed, if dinner's planned for tomorrow, there's still other stuff that you could be doing. We all have a to-do list that never truly ends. And so, you know, if you go to bed a half hour earlier and a couple of those things stay on the to-do list, I suspect what you'll find is that the next day it's easier to do them because you're that little bit more rested. So tip number three for evening eating is assess if you're tired and if you are, just go to bed. Move yourself out of the kitchen area into your bedroom area and just go to bed. And I'd say part of that too is relabeling it in your head. Like go, ah, this hunger is actually me being tired. So your brain has connected. It's made a connection between tired and food as a solution, but it's a thought error. It's not a correct connection. It won't actually work. And so you have to reprogram that connection. So when you go, oh, I'm tired. I need bed. I don't need food. And just every time you catch yourself, reprogram it. And over time, then it just becomes natural that your brain feels tired and it says, let's go to bed instead of let's eat. Okay, tip number four, which is the biggest tip, and I think the one where you probably can spend the most time, and it might take some trial and error and learning, but honestly is has the biggest payoffs when you work on this, is working on your stresses during the day. So I think a lot of the evening st- eating is that we go through the day feeling feelings like we don't have enough time, we're overwhelmed by the amount of work we have to get done, we're, you know, confused about how to get everything done, we're frustrated at things other people are or aren't doing in the day. And we build that up and we carry it with us through the day and it builds and it builds and it builds until when we get home, we just need a release valve. And that easiest release valve that we can reach for is food. And so we get home, we're exhausted, we're stressed from all the stuff that's happened during the day, and then food is the easiest option. And again, just like the tiredness, the food doesn't actually fix any of the stresses that happened that day, right? You wake up the next morning, they're still there. Maybe you think about them during sleep, like when you should be sleeping, you worry about how you're going to get stuff done and how to deal with what somebody said or did. And, and they, you carry them with you. But in that moment, your brain tells you that food will be the solution for that stress. Now, you may be asking me, like, okay, so I'm stressed. Of course, we're all stressed, but I can't do anything about the stressors. And here's where I think the thought work comes in. Because, yes, you can't control what happens outside of you. So what somebody else does, what somebody else says, can't control it. But there actually is a lot that you can control within your day when you look at it. And this is the, if you take nothing else from this, I think the biggest point I could make and the, it was the most life-changing thing for me is small changes have big impacts. So you don't have to make giant sweeping changes to not feel stressed at the end of your day. But if you just change some little stuff, if you just choose one small thing, make a change there, see what impact it has, and then choose another small thing, make a change there, see what impact it has. And so for me, um, one of the biggest things or when I was first working on this of trying to get control of my 
kind of after work eating, I just started making myself leave the office at lunch and go for a walk. And that was really hard to do because I had so many things that I thought I had to do, notes to do, etc. like that. But I made myself stand up, go outside, take a walk. And the result of that, and I didn't go for long, like 10 minutes or something, I didn't end up any further behind on my notes or, you know, other paperwork. But I ended up finishing the day feeling slightly less depleted because I'd actually had a little bit of time to myself. And for me, that was where I could start to make some change and see some change. I really think how we think about our day has so much impact on our stress levels and how we experience our day. So particularly something like uh, not enough time, which I think we all experience at some level, or overwhelm, you know, I can't get it all done. Those feelings are actually coming from thoughts. And if you look at it, so if we think a thought, I can't get this all done, I feel overwhelmed. What do I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed? Most people, when they're feeling overwhelmed or confused, get stuck. They don't take forward motion and they just end up in this swirl of thinking how much stuff there is to do and how they're not going to get it done and end up not getting it done because they feel so overwhelmed. And I've been there and I still go there. That still comes up for me, but I I catch it now and I change it. And so I I choose to think thoughts during my day that make me feel more in control because I know if I feel more in control during my day, in my evenings, I feel better. I don't come home as stressed and the same amount of work gets done. If not, actually, I probably get more done when I'm feeling in control because I'm more efficient and I just get down to work. So for me, and this will be different for everybody, but thinking thoughts like everything that's important will get done or I just need to stay focused and do one thing at a time. Because usually if we're thinking kind of overwhelmed or time scarcity, not enough time type thoughts, we're constantly thinking about everything that we need to do and our brain's just distracted in a million different directions and can't work efficiently when you do try to do work. So if you just focus just on the one thing in front of you, I'm just getting this one thing done, then the next thing. Number one, you don't get overwhelmed because you just have to get this thing done. And number two, you're more efficient, so you get it done a little bit faster. So if you're new into thought work, what I would suggest how you manage this is at the end of your day, if you're feeling really stressed out, start kind of writing down what you're feeling, what you're thinking about that's making you feel stressed out. What did you think about during the day and how did it make you feel? And so we've got the thought model and I'll just summarize it because it's been a little bit, but this it's C for circumstances, which are the bare bones facts of the situation. So it could be arguable in a court of law. So if we're thinking about a work day, the circumstances probably you work or you have X number of patients booked for the day. That would be a bare bones facts. Circumstances trigger our thoughts. The thought would be, you know, I have so much to do. I can't get anything done. Thoughts then cause our feelings. The feeling would then be overwhelm. The feelings cause our actions. So when most people are feeling overwhelmed, the action is to just keep indulging in overwhelm, like keep thinking about so much to do and not actually getting stuff done. And then the result ends up 
as a result of our actions. And it usually proves the thought correct. So it gives your brain evidence that the original thought was correct. So in this example, the result is that there's still lots to do because you're feeling overwhelmed and you haven't gotten to get stuff done. So C for circumstance, T for thought, F for feelings, A for actions, R for results. And so you can sit down and do a bit of journaling about things that bothered you or made you feel stressed during the day and see if you can put them into that thought model. I have a whole episode on the thought model back in one of the earlier episodes. I feel like it might have been episode number five. Um, And you can work on that and start to see how your particular thoughts generate your feelings and impact you through the day. And then once you have that awareness, you can decide, is that actually how you want to think about your day? Or is there a way to think about the day that would serve you better and have a different result for you? And I know if you've never tried this, it may seem kind of oversimplified and too easy. But I can tell you from experience, I what you think about a day makes vast difference in how you experience the day. I can have the exact same level of busy days or maybe even busier days. And if I'm just watch my thoughts and keep thoughts that make me feel in control, I get it all done. I feel in control. I'm not depleted at the end of the day versus if I'm not watching myself and I get into these overwhelm, uh, time scarcity type thoughts, then, you know, days start to (laughs) go out of whack where I'm tired that day and I dread the next day and it just keeps snowballing. But your thoughts are the secret sauce. Learning to manage your thoughts and choose what you want to think intentionally so that you're in control of how you feel through your day is such a huge skill. And it's not necessarily simple in that There's layers to this and it takes practice and it takes building awareness. But each time you try to do it, the better you get. So give it a try. I think honestly, for most people, that's really, you know, I always talk about what the underlying drivers of the weight and the eating are. Most people, it's how your thoughts impact your stress levels throughout the day. And then leading you to be feeling really stressed and depleted when you get home. And then uh, your brain offers the food as a solution. So if you can really do the thought work and really have a look at the thoughts and just choose a different thought that might work better. And when you're choosing a new thought, you want it to be believable for it to work. And then you just want to practice it. Every time your brain comes up with the old thought, I've got too much to do. You say, no, actually, everything that's important will get done. And you just think it over and over and over again, and you practice, practice, practice. And at first, you may have to practice a lot. But the more you do this, the easier it becomes to just recognize the thoughts that don't serve you and choose a thought that does serve you a little bit better to make your day better. The bonus for this one is it's so beyond just weight, right? Like we're talking about focusing on this so that you feel more in control of your eating at night. But imagine what your days would be like if you went through your days with less stress, feeling more in control, getting your stuff done, and then you finish your day feeling okay, not feeling overly tired, feeling like you may actually have enjoyed your day. Imagine that difference and still also being in control of your eating. And that's where I think the coaching stuff is so important and can make such a difference, not only in weight, but 
also in the entire rest of your life. Because let's face it, it's all connected, right? Like I've said at the beginning, we can't just focus just on weight and just on what we eat because we're missing a big piece of the picture. We have to look at what drives those things. And when we start addressing the stuff that drives all that, we start improving all the different aspects of our life, which is amazing. Okay, so I want to summarize for evening eating, the top four tips on how to get control of evening eating. Number one, eat more earlier in the day. Don't start your days up super restrictive. It ends up with you having more hunger hormones and then having to deal with those along with the tiredness and the stress at the end of the day. So purposely eat a breakfast and a lunch that's satisfying and you feel full from. And give it a couple weeks, but see just from that how much more in control you feel in the evening. Number two is environmental control. When you're figuring this stuff out, get the food that's trigger food for you out of the house. Make it hard for you to get. Um, Just to take that little, essentially give you space between the craving and when you can access the reward because that space then gives you time to do the little bit of thinking. When the reward or the food that you're craving is right there, you sometimes don't actually have time initially to think about what's going on because the craving and the eating happen so close together. So making it hard for you to access the food that you crave uh, gives you space to start building this awareness and trying the other stuff. Number three is maybe you just need to go to bed assess if you're tired. Have you been on call this week? Have you been woken up for other reasons this week? Maybe just going to bed a half hour early or an hour, like I say half hour, but there's been times where I go to bed at eight o'clock because I just can't stop eating and I realize I'm just tired. And so the best way to get on top of it is to just go to bed and let my body get what it needs. So I just say that because I've been saying a half hour in this episode, but if you feel you need more, then take more. Some of us are extremely sleep deprived and sleep, we haven't talked about it in this episode, but sleep is really important for your ability to lose weight from a stress hormone perspective. So go to bed, close the cupboard door, go to bed if that's what you need. And tip number four is look at the stresses that are happening throughout the day that then end up with you coming home feeling really stressed and tired and being prone to eating. And that often ends up being a combination of making small changes and ending up seeing big results over time with them and really working on the thought work about choosing how you want to think about your day so you feel the best about your day. And, you, you know, if you've never done this, one thing to ask yourself would be, when you're starting a day, how could I think about this day that would make it feel the perfect way I would like it to feel? Like, how would I, in a perfect setting, want to feel about this day? Would I want to feel energized, happy? Um, and so in order to feel that, what would I need to think during this day? That's sometimes one way to come up with new thoughts, is if you start with how you'd like the day to feel, and then go backwards to what you would need to think to feel that way. All right, as always, I love to hear from you guys. Please send me uh, notes and emails about how things are going for you and what things you're working on, what things are going well and what things you would like more support on or 
other topics you would like covered in this podcast. Uh, When you send me that information, it helps make me able to tailor this podcast to make it exactly what you guys need. Um, So send emails to info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I'm always happy to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with friends. We will talk to you later. Have a great week. 